0: AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at reproduction. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. I cannot believe it is Friday already, but here we are. And the plate is full for the free-for-all. We'll discuss global trade, USDA reports, the weather, President Biden's Corvette, inflation, interest rates, the potential for disrupted trade with Canada. Wow, we got a lot to cover. Let's get this thing started. Live
1: from Friday the 13th
0: via Farm
1: Journal broadcast, this is Talk. This morning, it's our Friday for Reaper Hall. Panelists, Sean Haney, pro-farmer editor Brian Grady, and yours truly, I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory.
0: All right, Davis. Hey, does it kind of freak you out a little bit that it's Friday the 13th? Does it give you the jitters or anything?
1: Not really. No, it seems about right. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Good. seems about good, right. Good. Hey, it's January, right? It is? Is it? Yeah, yeah. it's January. Okay, so January the 13th. That's ringing a bell. It's ringing a bell. Mm. Oh, hey. Hey, I got it. Happy, happy birthday to my beautiful bride, Sue. Hey. (laughs) I knew it. I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. I knew it. I've already gotten her the card,
2: the gift,
0: the flowers. I'm Uh telling you, man, I went all out. Went all out. She, you could see maybe just a little bit of a tear in her eye this morning when she opened up the gift that i got her and Aww. and and found that brand new battery powered leaf blower
1: wow wow <laughs> you definitely married up didn't you
0: oh ho, ho. <laughs> buddy buddy that has been that has been obvious to my <laughs> entire family for the whole 33, 33 years of wedded bliss. Yes. Mm,
1: mm.
0: No. You know what? It's so obvious. Even my kids know it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't mention it, do they? Do they just sort of. Oh, look no. They their remind side. me of it all
0: the time. <laughs> oh, they've got their favorite. They got their favorite. And my grandkids are terrible.
1: Mm. They're just
0: terrible. They, if I come walking in the room, eh. If Mimi comes walking in the room... Uh-huh. Whoo, boy, now it's on. Now it's Mimi, good times. Mimi, now, was that a conscious decision?
1: Did someone say, you know what, when I'm a grandma, <laughs> I want to be called Mimi, or did it just sort of happen organically?
0: It just happened organically. Uh, we've got to go straight to my oldest grandchild uh, for the credit on that. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. I'm, and so I does f-
1: that does that make you pee-pee?
0: <laughs> no. Okay. No, it doesn't. I okay. am Papa. Oh,
1: Papa! Of course. Papa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had the consonants right.
0: <laughs> just put the wrong emphasis on the on, on the wrong syllable, didn't you?
1: Uh, I did, just
0: a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, beautiful day. Right, welcome. Gorgeous. Welcome to Talk. We are ready to go. Yeah, I kind of forgot the, what we were doing there for a moment. Davis, does that ever mm-hmm. happened to you?
3: Never.
1: never.
0: No. 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 Good. Good. All right. Anyway, happy birthday to my beautiful bride. Let's Indeed. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started. What do you got in the news?
1: Well, we got to recap yesterday's reports. In the WASD okay. from USDA, the agency's corn outlook forecast reductions in production, food, seed, and industrial use, feed, and residual use, exports, and ending stocks, Exports were reduced 150 million bushels on the corn side to 1.925 billion. That's the lowest level of outstanding sales as of early January since the 2019-20 marketing year. Season average corn price forecast unchanged at 670 per bushel. Soybean production was estimated at 4.276 billion bushels down 69 million led by reductions for Missouri, Indiana, Illinois, and Kansas. The soybean export forecast was reduced 55 million bushels to 2.0 billion bushels. The U.S. season average soybean price projected at 1420 per bushel. That's up 20 cents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some of the details we'll get into the, that 1.925 billion bushel uh, corn export estimate. Mm-hmm. You know, our bean export estimate is 1.99. <laughs> you yeah, know, so here we are at 1.925 on corn. And. It, I wonder if we're not going to see a little bit of movement, some additional movement to the downside on that estimate, based on the yeah. conversation that we had with Ben Brown from the University of Missouri yesterday afternoon. It Eventually, though, mm-hmm. there are countries out there that need corn. Oh, for sure. They absolutely need corn. It feels like we could end, to me, it feels like we could end up higher than one925 but we're going to have to go lower before we work to the upside. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. Okay.
0: Okay. Well,
1: Patrick DeHaan with GasBuddy says it's been a bumpy start to the year for fuel prices. DeHaan notes investors don't know what to make of China's abrupt reopening, saying on one hand it could drive up demand, pushing oil prices higher, but at the same time that opening could lead to additional COVID cases, triggering additional lockdowns, stalling the Chinese economy once again. Either way, as he looks to the looks to the months ahead, Dahan says he expects fuel prices to move higher.
4: But I think uh, I think we may start going up from here on out. I think the national average may have already bottomed out for the year. Um, and while I'm hopeful that prices won't hit record levels in 2023, we still could see gas prices that do flirt with uh, and potentially breach the five dollar a gallon mark, especially in areas of the West Coast uh, at some point this spring
1: chip uh, mid 70s crude oil we we would have to yep. see a rise in crude oil at the same time right
0: well yeah here we are knocking on the door at 80 bucks again 79 and a mm-hmm. half bucks this morning on february okay. crude it's been trading between that 70 and $80 range now if we do move out above 80 bucks then what what patrick was just talking about with the the move higher in gas prices big concern but the distillate stocks are mm-hmm. are increasing because of the low use the i should right. say low use but warmer temperatures, warmer than expected temperatures, uh, limiting our, our, you know, heating fuel demand on the East Coast, that's helping to control gas prices and diesel prices.
1: Well, Chip, USDA's November export numbers show solid global demand for U.S. pork, both in volume and in value. Courtney Nupp, vice president of international marketing for the National Pork Board, said after a slower start to 22...
5: Look at a per head contribution of exports. It's $66.43 per pig from November export data, which is up 12% year on year, and it represents 29% of our pork production in the United States. So we're just really thrilled about that strong momentum. Chip,
1: November pork uh, uh, exports reached more than 245,000 metric tons Up 3% from a year ago. Export value was up 10% to $725.1 million. In both volume and value, exports were the highest since May of 2021. Moving in the right direction on pork exports.
0: Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. The trend is right for the last four months. Yep. Well,
1: and finally, earlier this week, Representative Jason Smith was tapped to lead the powerful House Committee on Ways and Means. The Missouri Republican will lead the oldest committee in the U.S. Congress, which is the principal tax writing body in the House of Representatives. The committee oversees not only taxes and revenue generation, but also tariffs and reciprocal trade agreements for the United States. Heck of a big job there for Representative Smith.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Davis, thank you very much. Your last story there on China approving some GMO crop varieties. Hold on to that. Hold on to that because we're probably going to need to discuss that on the free for all, coming up next year, we got Sean Haney from Real Agriculture, Brian Grady from Pro Farmer, the handsome newsman, Davis Parkinson, hey and me, your host, Chip Flory, on the free for all next.
2: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
4: We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at
1: 855-482-5524 and join the conversation.
0: Okay, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory, your host. Glad that you're with us this morning for the free-for-all. Joining us this morning, Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Beach. welcome to the free-for-all. How are you, man?
5: I'm great, Chip. Thanks for having me.
0: Good, glad you're here. Well, with the USDA reports out yesterday, and and some of the big surprises that we saw in there, we uh, it, it's it's a good thing that you are here to help us break that down. Uh, newsman and landowner editor Davis Michaelson is with us for the free for all, of course, and Real yeah. Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, Sean Haney. How are you, Haney? chip
3: uh, You know, I'm great. I am. My goal here today is to perform like Georgia and not TCU. Yeah,
0: yeah. Can you believe that? Can you? I could be. We haven't even had a chance to talk about it. That was a rump kicking, (laughs) yeah. They
5: they took him behind the woodshed. That's there's no doubt about that,
0: yeah, yeah,
5: boy.
3: If you thought that you know, that just shows you like there's two games where or three games where Georgia was just performed like where they actually cared and look at the outcome the Oregon game, the Tennessee game. And the final game against TCU and they were not close.
0: Yeah. None of them. None of them. You know, when they played Ohio state and I kept going back to some of the analysis that the, you know, the talking heads uh, put out there about, you know, if there's a professional football team in the college ranks, it's Georgia. Uh, They can play with the pros and all that. kind. And then you see them play Ohio state. And I'm like, wait a second. TCU can handle this. No, you're exactly right. Haney. When, when they put their mind to it, uh, that uh, that was an impressive effort out there on the football field. So and now it's over. Now, now we got to wait for uh, for Labor Day, basically, before we can get college football again. Haney, that's got to kill you. It. Uh, I
3: know it's so long. It's so long, Chip. <laughs> uh, you know what? I will uh, backfill with college basketball.
0: OK. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm excited about it as well. So. Um, uh, yep. I, I don't want to make too many comments about this Cyclone team quite yet, but uh, they're looking pretty good, looking pretty doggone good. And Brian, last night, Hawks put up like 90 some points again and beat Michigan handily.
5: Yeah, you know, uh, I didn't see it. I, I don't watch a whole lot of college basketball, to be honest yeah. with you. I just busy schedule and stuff like that, but yeah. uh, um, you know, yeah, i I, chasing kids. Iowa State's playing. Yeah, Iowa State's playing really well right now. Yeah, to be honest yep. with you, no From doubt. I, I've, I've read. So
3: I, I think there's a lot of people enjoying uh, what's going on in Kentucky, <laughs> and and they're <laughs> like, you know, and I, the the list of people that are feel sorry for Calipari, like that list is small.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did you see the tweet that he put out the other day? <laughs> he no, says, I didn't. Listen, listen. Don't be mad at the kids. It's not the kids' fault. The the responses was yeah we know John, <laughs> we're not mad at the kids. Yeah <laughs> he
5: he's, he's kind of in that special category with uh, Nick Saban too. You know
0: I mean I, <laughs> yep there's yep. a special
5: no place doubt. reserved for those folks. Some people think <laughs> yeah.
3: that he's going to Texas that he could take that job
5: uh, yeah. to get out of there, but we'll I, see. I don't think anybody really cares though, do they? I mean,
0: uh, he, yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know I just.
5: Like those guys, I don't know. They, they are what they are.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And now we have okay. NIL.
5: So everything that they've done in the past to cheat is just legal now.
0: So, right.
5: Right. For everybody. That's, so, that's, that's
0: exactly up. right. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay, we need
3: we need nil for radio show host Chip.
0: <laughs> hey, just you know, make sure I get a paycheck every two weeks. I'll be fine with that. I'll be fine. All right, you guys, let's get on to it. Uh, we got we got to start talking about something that Davis can get uh, fired up about because I, I don't think we've touched that yet.
1: I'm sorry. What did the show yeah. start? Are yes. we starting? Yes. Here we go. Here we, we go. We're
0: off and running. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's start with the USDA reports, Brian, the, the cut to corn acreage on the 2022 harvested acres. That was right at the top of the list of the big surprises for me.
5: Yeah. Well, across the board, I mean, it, it was bullish, everything for yeah. corn and, and soybeans. So, um, you know, it, we know that these January reports have a history. They're just so much data, first off. But uh, they have a history of, of swiftly moving markets. And, and uh, boy, they didn't disappoint this year. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but, the you know, bullish. Uh, we've had it before where it's been bearish. So yeah. Um came out yeah, better it, for the bulls this time.
0: You know, you, you said that it's, it's bullish across the board for corn. But they did cut estimated corn exports by 150 million bushels. And that wasn't enough to raise carryover because of the cut to the last year's crop. I yeah, mean- and
5: yeah, the corn has export problems, and we've talked about that uh, in the markets now segment mm-hmm. and, and stuff. But uh, yep. it, it, so that's going to hold us back somewhat. Uh, but they had to cut exports. You, you have to cut use when your supply goes down. Yep. I mean, that's just the cold, hard facts of how it works. And anybody that thinks any differently is just you know fooling themselves
0: and at 1.25 billion bushels of carryover it's tough to imagine that 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 number is going to get much lower i mean it's a stocks to use ratio something like 8.9 percent, something like that very tight very tight supply situation and and it i don't know if it's enough to push corn prices a whole lot higher but it's it should be enough to limit the selling pressure in there i would think haney what what'd you make of it
3: well, I was just going to ask, do we feel satisfied with the way the market has reacted to the report? And I know we're kind of in a situation where we're squeezed by the holiday on Monday. So I haven't really looked at some of the volume today, but it has the has the market reacted appropriately? Is, is What do you guys think? You guys are more experts in that.
5: Yeah, Page, what I, do you, I think? you know. I soybeans. I mean, uh, we were struggling to get above $15. We poked above it ahead of the reports. And then we got the report data. And and now we're trading uh, the March contract, you know, above 1530. So I I think it, it is a an appropriate uh, price response. Uh, March corn futures, they're back at 675. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, probably going to be really difficult to get a more than a seven, you know, low $7 handle on that, that uh, in that market.
0: Yeah, you still like the idea of selling rallies in corn and soybeans, don't you, Beege?
5: Absolutely, okay. absolutely. I I mean, it, it's really difficult to go wrong. Uh, it's six seventy-five old crop corn and and uh, fifteen thirty old crop soybeans.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, if if there was anybody left in the Jan March bean spreads, can you imagine getting that whipped like like they've been whipped the last couple of days? holy smokes uh january beans were trading at a big premium to the march contract uh but not anymore we've got march beans at 1532 and jan beans at 1525 uh i can't imagine there's anybody left in that spread though it, it's but it's been a wild wild ride no question about it um i want to go to the winter wheat seedings okay it, big increase in winter weed seedings Brian what uh what stood out to you there
5: well there's a couple of takeaways uh hrW acreage uh how much of that is actually going to be harvested uh, yes. when we get to uh to spring late late yeah. or early summertime um you know when when the harvest hits um but uh so I, I think that there's definite questions there now uh the drought footprint is receding a little bit but it's it's still um, quite large, especially through HRW areas. The other takeaway was SRW acreage uh, yeah. up as well, and uh, those are a lot of those are probably going to be double cropped with soybeans. So uh, there's there's something to take away from both HRW and SRW there. Yeah, yeah. The,
3: the the potential production number probably more important there than the like the acre number is important on the on the winter wheat, but it's due to that drought. Uh, it's mm-hmm. if it's times by you know ten, that's different than times by. Sixty, right? So it's yep. it's the how much the the survivability and uh, that spring moisture to get that crop through to yep. get a decent yield is really the big key.
5: You know, yep. this was going to bring up one of my favorite things that that I love to talk about. You know, uh, production is your harvested acres times your yield, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people don't understand that they think it's planted acres. Planted acres. So, yeah. <laughs> I one of, one of my absolute favorite things to to tell yep. groups of people. His well, we favorite, also try to kill his up.
1: favorite thing to talk about the way to phrase that, Brian, because it seems like maybe there could be other words you could use
5: there. <laughs> oh, I probably now, could I, use some other words, but
0: that's... I think he does. I think he, I think it might be his favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so, bottom line here on on the reports for corn, soybeans, wheat. There's, I don't know if there's. Trend changing data in here, but I think it does change attitudes in, in the corn and soybean markets because it, it it just felt the markets felt easier to go to the downside with the talk of the big Brazilian bean crop. Um, yes, there are some issues in Brazil when it comes to the corn crop that we need to be aware of and for the bean crop. I, it's It's not the 154, 155 that people were stretching out to. With their bean crop estimates, it's going to be closer to a 150, and it might even get a little bit smaller. Okay, but it's going to be the biggest ever bean crop ever grown by
5: a lot. Yeah, by a and, lot. And, you know, I think the markets had kind of paused, um, yep, and and this gave them a bulls a, a chance to to kind of shine a little bit here
0: again. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Let's talk inflation and interest rates when we come back. Sean Haney, Brian Grady, Davis Michelson on the free-for-all.
4: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about full scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use.
2: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
0: And, of course, we've got Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Uh, Beege, talk to me about what's going on in the, in the corn and soybean markets. Just give us a summary because we've already talked a little bit about what's moving prices around.
5: Yes, so a strong move yesterday, obviously, in soybeans. Yep. Uh, continued through uh, early overnight trade, but uh, at the end of that session, we saw some profit-taking kick in. But, uh, boy, we get to daytime trade. And uh, we're back running to the upside again. So uh, I, I think the close will be important. Keep in mind, we got a, a three-day holiday weekend coming up here for the United States markets, and, and uh, so um, may, maybe we get some profit taking into the close again. We'll we'll have to see how that plays out. But corn market, uh, it's extending to the upside as well on on follow through buying uh the wheat yeah. market's kind of the outlier here yeah. srw futures are trading to the downside the hrw futures uh they're still firmer and then kind of a mixed tone uh, mostly weaker in the uh, spring wheat market you know
0: i think the acreage estimates uh, that we got yesterday from usda got the conversation going again about the condition of the hrw market that might be what's helping that market out today uh yeah i don't think
5: I don't think the market really believes the, the number
0: will right. be as big as what it is. Exactly. Okay. Take us over to livestock trade.
5: Well, it's going to sound like a broken record, uh, but uh, the hog market's under pressure again. Uh, cash fundamentals continue to weaken. So uh, not only is the uh, cash index falling, but uh, also the pork cutout value. And, and uh, so that market just can't get out of its way own way right now and, and uh, continues to face pressure. Heavy selling in the uh, feeder cattle market because of the strength in corn and then kind of a mixed tone in, in feeder or excuse me, in live cattle as we wait on uh, active uh, cash cow trade to develop.
0: All right. Stay there, Brian. We're going to get the free for all going again here in one minute.
1: Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking in the afternoon you've calmed down but you're still thinking we're here all day agri-talk
0: welcome back to the free for all here on agri-talk i'm chip florey we've got pro farmer editor brian grady uh davis michelson and real agriculture sean haney uh Davis talked about this yesterday morning after the report was out, 6.5% CPI in December. That's the lowest rate of gain since October of 2021. Haney, when you saw that number, did it it get you thinking that maybe the Fed's going to have to adjust their thinking a a little bit? Yeah,
3: I think if you're one of the people that's betting for smaller increases, like I think it's, at least from my perspective, it's safe to say that like these half to three-quarter point raises are are maybe behind us, at least uh, at, at this point, based on the data that's in front of us this week. We could still see more 25-point raises here uh, in the next two meetings, but I, I think there's the ability to kind of slow down here a little bit. But okay. still hanging over this is the argument from people that unemployment, has to be higher, in order for the Fed to totally back away. Yep. It, it, it this is a whole fascinating debate across you know when when you turn on Fox Business, CNBC. I love this debate because people are on all sides of this argument.
0: Yeah, they are. Beej, what's the market factoring in? Well, uh, more than ninety percent
5: odds that uh, we will see the the Fed go with a twenty five basis point hike after the uh, February first meeting. Uh, So two days, January 31st and Feb 1st there, Um, but more importantly, I think, is that uh, they now anticipate that uh, the market, that is, uh, anticipates that uh, the Fed will cut rates uh, by the end of the year, and that's counter to what the current Fed projections are, so uh, somebody's going to be wrong Uh, At the end of the year, either the Fed's going to change its stance or or the market's going to have to change its stance. It's
0: part part of the whole debate that Haney was talking about is is at the end of the year, do we get to the point where the Fed does pivot and not only doesn't raise interest rates, but but starts to cut things back. Davis, uh, Mm -hmm. when I was in Norfolk, Nebraska on Wednesday. Yeah. Interest rates are a huge topic of conversation primarily because of the cost of inputs and -hmm. the size of the operating loans. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, they're looking at an interest payment on these operating loans that that affects the bottom line, first time in 10 years, say. Yeah, Uh, It's a big deal, these inputs. Uh,
1: Super big deal. We've seen them come down just a little bit recently here and and you you made mention of a little bit cheaper heating fuel you were talking about the distillate side but natural gas prices have been sort of a shocker supplies have been able to build as we've seen this sort of warm stretch here which may help to encourage a little i mean i i think the last figure i saw was was a midwest average of about thirteen hundred dollar anhydrous that's that's still tough still tough to bear
0: it is, but there are markets. Uh, Eastern Nebraska, I'll point it out because mm-hmm. they they gave me this this quote on Wednesday, eleven fifty on mm-hmm. anhydrous. Mm-hmm. That that seems a little more workable. I mean, I, yeah. it's not it's not the four hundred that we had a couple of years ago, right? But it's not sixteen either. Mm-hmm. But
3: yeah, it's still pencils. Like yeah. d- don't don't judge your profitability by totally just where the fertilizer price is. Exactly, right? Like. Know your numbers. Be financially disciplined, and and mm-hmm. there's, there is margin still, still there. I, I I just think you know we used to think about prime plus one or prime plus two or whatever is yeah. not a big deal, and as the number goes higher, you now it really gets your attention. Like prime plus two is like a big deal, right? Or if you're exactly. in a higher even a higher situation, it's like oh, my goodness, what is my interest? But what am I paying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we we, yep. we were so lulled to sleep by low rates for so long. It's really an adjustment.
0: Yeah. Brian, you made it one of your top stories of 2022, or was it the top story of the climbing interest rates?
5: Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's setting up to be the the early leader for story of the year for 2023. And, and I say that and we're two weeks in here, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, inflation and what the fed does on interest rates um huge potential story as we move through the year here
0: yeah yeah um i feel like you know this the the i I, the reason i'm stumbling a little bit here is because i'm thinking about the comments from patrick dehan that you had in the news davis
4: Mm -hmm. um
0: he's wondering if we haven't already bottomed out for the year on gas prices on the average gas price and going to start to work higher from here. I've been thinking that we're into a period of softening fuel costs, which is going to help avoid a, you know, some of the recessionary pressures that we fear on the demand side of the meat markets in particular. I don't know. If Patrick's right, though, and and prices do start to work to the upside, Beej, this meat demand is something that we got to think about. Yeah, I
5: I think so. Um, You know, I've talked about it before, but uh, there's not a huge correlation between um, recessionary pressures and and, uh, um, meat demand Uh, now, you know. If, if it comes down to food and fuel uh, and you have to get to a job or something like that, you're going to change your, your buying patterns and yep. uh, at the grocery store and, and those types of things. But uh, um, I, gasoline demand, I mean, has just been horrific. So I think yeah. that that's something to watch moving forward here. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, if we move fuel prices higher, as you were talking about that, I thought maybe that's where you, you were going with your comment uh, yeah. on the demand side of things instead of meat. But uh, uh, you know, the, the, fuel demand is, is was, awful through the holiday season
3: i think it's amazing how protein demand has weathered the storm through some pretty turbulent financial times here like there was there was a lot of you know think about the mainstream news like there was so much coverage of how expensive food is like you just think just by osmosis people would back off of you know spend like on a you know a big tenderloin or something like that but that, is, that has not been the case. And no. and so big kudos <laughs> yeah. to the consumer out there for sticking with uh, protein, even with some of the price rises that we, we saw. It, it's really, really fascinating because it, at the beginning of all of this, you'd probably bet that we were going to see a back off. People would cut back, and they have not done so when it comes to protein demand.
0: Yep. When we when we talk about protein and people are adjusting their, their habits on, on the protein side, it's eggs, eggs. A- absolutely, oh, yes. four ninety
5: nine a dozen. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it, it. That that's noteworthy. I mean, uh, that that type of price, mm-hmm. uh, especially here in Iowa, we're you know it's not uncommon to pay ninety nine cents a dozen and it's exactly. not five bucks. So mm-hmm. right, um, and the know, thing
0: is, here in in here in Iowa, we've got them. I mean the yeah. eggs are available and they're $5 by far a dozen. the largest
5: uh yeah by far the largest producer um, Exactly.
0: You, know. right, you get outside of Iowa and and the availability is in question. People mm-hmm. are rationing. once once people get eggs in their in their fridge they're rationing how many they're using because they don't know if it, the next time that the that the case is going to get full. Sorry sorry Sean I stepped on no. you there.
3: Yeah, no, I I was trying, yeah, sorry, my fault. Um the that's me being Canadian right there, the sorry part. Um <laughs> avian avian influenza plays a role here, right? Oh, I, I was just talking one of yeah. our staff members was uh, on holidays in Palm Springs last uh last week. There was no eggs on the shelf. Yeah, right. And here but here's uh just to give you a bit of a cross-border comparison, I got this these numbers this morning. The latest uh, Canadian CPI data shows Canadian egg prices are up sixteen percent year over year, while the U.S. is sixty percent. So there has been a much larger spike in egg prices in the U.S. than there has been in Canada in the last twelve months.
0: Wow! Yeah, wow. And, but we and we have
3: avian influenza here too. So don't like it's not that's not yeah. like we're fighting the same battle there. But definitely a difference in 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 price increases between the two countries.
0: Okay, uh, hi Joe. Joe Gill up at KASM just uh, hit me with a message. He says, just paid eight thirty nine for a package of 18 eggs.
1: Whoa. He oh.
0: says, I'm willing to do so. Yeah. I know all the hard work that goes into getting those on the shelf, but it's a big difference from the 99 cents a dozen. That's yeah. exactly right. Exactly Huge right.
5: difference, Chip, but uh, it's still cheap protein when you look at yes. it. Yes. I mean, yes. you know. Yes. <laughs> Is still a cheap source, a very cheap source of protein. Uh, well, excellent from, protein, yeah, yeah. far a elevated dozen eggs. from where it was. But uh, it, you can stretch a dozen eggs uh, quite a ways. Yeah.
1: yeah, a dozen eggs at four ninety nine. A dozen is forty one and one half cents per egg. Okay, that's not yeah. bad. I mean, you're right. under a dollar to get two eggs. Two eggs you know? on your plate. Yeah. 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 Yep.
3: Good Brian, point. did you say that a dozen eggs stretches? I, I've got a twenty-year-old and a seventeen-year-old <laughs> in my house. Two athlete, two athletic boys.
5: That's like a day. Yeah, I I've <laughs> kind of got the same situation there. I got yeah. a seventeen and a fifteen-year-old that uh, they they eat them like it's candy. But uh, oh my
0: goodness! Yeah, yeah. They are candy. <laughs> they are candy. <laughs> well, they <laughs> breakfast absolutely, candy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Brian. Brian, I, I'll bet those boys, uh, with the nut, with the amount of calories that they burn on a daily basis, I'll bet eggs don't stand much of a chance in that house. No, eggs,
5: cheese, meat. I mean, it just what <laughs> anything protein shakes. I mean, it's milk. anything that's got protein in it. Uh, milk, yeah. Oh, we we go through so much milk; it's not even funny.
0: I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: oh, I remember those days.
3: When oh, you've remember, got a kid remember. trying to put on weight and they're in like a 5,000 calorie diet, the, the yep. grocery bill escalates quickly.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah, it's incredible how much money you yep. spend.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, guys, uh, we got to come back and wrap things up after we take a break. Here's what we've got on the list. Haney, uh, we need to talk about your uh, your chemical uh, issues on, on whether or not we're going to be able to continue to export i can't hardly believe if i'm saying this continue to export corn and ddgs into canada that's in question haney's got the story for us next
4: to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest timing is everything full scale from helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction
2: The propane farm incentive program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com/farmincentive to see if you're eligible.
1: You're listening to Agritalk. Where the conversation begins.
0: Join us at eight five five four Talk Ag. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Talk. We're going to have to sprint into the end of the free for all. We've got Brian Grady, Sean Haney, Davis Michaelson, and me uh, engaged in the conversation. Haney, fill us in on the new insecticide labeling r- requirements that that might be coming down the uh, down the path up your way.
3: Yeah, okay, so this is an important issue and it has cross border implications potentially, okay? Because, uh, okay, so here's what's happened Health Canada has made the decision based on modeling. They're no longer going to allow the application of the Lambda Psi insecticide. So uh, I'm not sure what the brand names are in the US, but Matador and Silencer here in Canada. So killing grasshoppers, flea beetles, alfalfa weevils, things like that for feed use, okay? so i talked to canada grains council this week and they brought this issue to my attention is if we are going to if we are going to really take this to the letter of the law so to speak u.s no epa has made the decision that there's non-detectable levels of lambda psi mm-hmm. in feed use and so therefore it's still allowed canada has gone a different direction now okay if if US corn has been, uh, has had an application of Lambda Psi products for for insecticide purposes, under how this Health Canada's decision, we will no longer be allowed to import US corn or DDGs into our feed yard sector, as an example. Now, cold potatoes are another example that yeah. people have given me. So, this is not a for sure, but this is one of those unintended consequences that the Canadian industry is bringing up. Health Canada may be creating a potential trade dispute. I have reached out to the NCGA. I have not heard back yet. And I'm sure I will. But uh, this is one that U.S. Grains Council, I, I, there needs to be a prop put under this okay. to ensure that we don't have some sort of trade dispute that is created because of, uh, uh, first of all, a, a very, very uh, un-understandable decision that Health Canada has made on, on one insecticide.
0: Yeah. I want to make sure that we've got this clear. The Lambda Psi insecticides are okay on crops intended for food use. Yeah. But not for feed use.
3: Exactly. And here's the crazy part, Chip. They're basing this on modeling, not on the actual residues found. (laughs) And, And so one of the questions that Canada Grains Council is asking is, if we are going to keep on importing U.S. corn, how are we going to tell what's yeah. received? There's not a declaration. And if you are going to then test on incoming product, you're going to test for residue amounts. That's a different. You're feed- you're you're policing that different than you are on on domestic production. There's so many inconsistencies here. Yeah. This needs to be changed. Health Canada needs to change the direction.
0: Okay. Okay. The feed yard into the feed yards have got to be losing their mind over this.
3: Uh, they are. They're going yeah. to be, as people get their heads wrapped around this, uh, the, the, the canola sector for sure is already because they controlling flea beetles or grasshoppers is a big deal already. Yeah. So they've lost the tool. So okay. it, it crosses different sectors.
0: Gotcha. Sounds like somebody got out of their
5: lane on that one. You think? You. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Okay. We had uh, Paul Nefer on the show yesterday talking about the ERP phase two payments, beach It's complicated, isn't it?
5: yeah uh it is and and uh you know the phase two was was ready to go and then uh usda pulled it back in December and and now apparently they're going forward again and and uh um uh, so I don't we'll we'll see uh it phase two is not super friendly uh yep. or popular um right so we'll we'll okay. see where it all ends up but uh moving forward for now it e-
0: appears exactly exactly okay we we will Keep everybody up to speed on what's going on there. Um, You guys, President Biden is not being given a pass by the mainstream media on the classified documents that he has, that they found at three of his properties. The mainstream media is not giving him a pass on this. Brian, what do you make of it?
5: Oh, Chip, this is my favorite thing to talk about is, is uh, <laughs> politics.
0: But uh, I, I don't know. I,
5: I'm just so like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I yeah. mean, with with our politicians worldwide right now. it's yeah. just it,
0: There's I'm, a lot of Department of Justice investigations oh, going it's on. All
5: invest, yeah. Just investigations and, <laughs> and corruption. Gotcha. And, I mean, it's like it, it's it's hard to to watch, to be honest. Yeah.
0: With you yeah Haney
5: not just here uh, yep. I'm talking around the world yeah uh, absolutely and we're, we're in this
3: gotcha frame I I just it, clearly I I my belief is that this has been going on for a very long time
0: absolutely
3: by documents being left in the wrong box in the wrong spot has has the Biden team have his lawyers handled this appropriately I I gotta think not. Um. Th- this is a real tough one. And of course, you know, the, the Republican side is definitely going to put a prop under this. Is it worse or different than what happened to President Trump? I have no idea. But it boy, is it ever in both regards? It's a massive distraction from actually tackling some of the issues.
5: Yeah. Well, and the They're way just, I just, see it. Go on, Brian. Well, it's just finger pointing on both sides, and that's all it yeah. is, right? That's that's all the they, political spectrum has gotten to it at the moment is, is yeah. just don't yeah. solve any problems. Let's try to create more.
0: Yeah. Well, Davis.
1: you know, it's a, it's a convenient out for a Democratic Party that might want to get out from under candidate Joe Biden in 2024.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's There are a lot of different angles coming at this, and, you know, not only do – I believe, but I kind of have to believe that the information in those classified documents that were at Mar-a-Lago, uh, President, former President Trump's uh, documents, the documents of Joe Biden, I, I don't think or believe that that information has gotten out anywhere. I haven't seen any evidence that it has. Now, if the investigation finds that it has, wow, this is a big, big deal. Um, but I think it's I made a point of saying the mainstream media is not giving Joe Biden a pass on these documents. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very important. It's going to keep it in the spotlight for some time. He's not going to be able to just blow this off and and move on. Guys, thank you so much for the conversation. Have a great three-day weekend. We'll talk to you again uh, next week. Cheers, everybody. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Brian Grady, Pro Farmer Editor, Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, and of course, Davis Michelson. Come back this afternoon. We're going to have a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report.